Those pass rushes were great now. That's exactly what we want to do right there. Hey, what defense is that? Sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. Hell no. It's the Nickel and Brime package. Ooh, I like that. I like it. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Brian. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nickel and Brime Package Podcast. This is episode three, and we want to talk a little bit about the preseason and some things that have been happening since our... A lot of stuff has happened. It has. So, Brian, why don't you you start us off? Tell tell us about something uh, that really caught your attention. So, currently, uh, I'll just kind of go in chronological order of, like, how these things have happened so far. I mean, the Zeke situation is ongoing, and every day that goes by, just recently, he was offered the second highest paid running back in the league, and he tweeted out something to the extent of, you know, if you're the best at your position, you should be paid that way 15 to 20% higher than the previous uh, highest paid guy. And so I was telling Waylon about that. And he was getting all hyped because he, I guess, returned from Cabo. And there was like a deal intimate like that was uh, about to happen. And then um, <laughs> this had this, this should happen is he's heading back and there's no deal being done. And I mean, they're still talking. So anything's possible. But it sounds like they're not going to be they're not going to have Zeke week one, at least. I, I mean, that might be a bold statement going forward, but. I mean, we're recording this before the season starts, so, you know, anything could happen. And let's just say my 15-round Tony Pollard's looking pretty tasty right now. <laughs> what do you So what do you think is going to happen with Zeke if you had to? Like, if I, if I held a gun to your head and I said, <laughs> tell me what's going to happen to Zeke, what would you tell me? When he was running into all those legal issues, I was kind of following it and really, like, trying to guess and what would happen and... If I had a gun to my head, I would say everything coming out of his camp and agent's mouth and his tweets and this drama between Jerry and him saying Ziku, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it seems like he wants to prove that po- Tony Pollard is not him. And I think, I think he's going to sit out. I don't think he's going to sit out the entire season. I think he's going to do what Melvin Gordon's doing, where he sits out, takes the money hit, comes back week 10. Once week 10 happens and he plays the rest of the season, then that's an accrued year. So the problem here is the Zeke situation is way different than the Melvin Gordon situation because mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is in his uh, final year of his rookie contract and they did not already pick up his fifth year contract because he wasn't like a top pick so zeke however was a was a top pick so they had already predetermined they wanted his fifth year con his his fifth year option Mm -hmm. so they picked it up so it's legally it's it's a different situation and zeke's in his third year of the league or is it third or going into his fourth going into fourth okay so it's going into his fourth so What'll happen here is if he decides to sit out, what he can do is sit out till week 10, like like Melvin Gordon, and then accrued that year of playing time. And then 
next year. Um, I don't know the logistics of the fifth year option of, you know, how much he has to play or anything, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's the plan. How, if someone held a gun to my head, I would say Zeke comes back week 10. Okay. Yeah. I guess to, to kind of continue on that and you, and you touch on a little bit, I was wondering, you know, if, if, if Zeke is going to set a precedent for other, not just running backs, but maybe for other position players, as far as holding out more than a full year before their contract ends. I, I I think this could be kind of a dangerous precedent if if that is the case. But sometimes I wonder too if this if this might just be a Zeke one off thing. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like if I was the Cowboys, if I was Jerry, if I was the GM, I'd say let him walk. Like let's 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 see what Tony Pollard has because I don't want to pay this guy like top tier money when he's a a nutcase off the field. Like he's, he's like a legit knucklehead. Like he he's every single year he's had some kind of like legal drama. And yeah. I mean, he's just like Tyree kill. Like, why would you want to buy into a player like that where he just does this stuff? And I, I think it's just him. I think this is a specific Zeke thing because he feels like he has the star power he feels like he has the power over this offense. I kind of got a little bit into deep diving into the whole Antonio Brown thing. And there were like theory crafting and all this of like why Antonio Brown's doing this, that. And one of the things that was said was because Antonio Brown uh, hurt his feet, that makes his NFL contract null and void. So mm-hmm. what he was trying to do is say, uh, buy his feet time to recover with this whole shenanigans of the helmet thing. And I think it's all a conspiracy of like, he's trying to divert his feet, like away from the, 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 the attention away from his feet. So then no one starts to question his feet anymore. You know, the Raiders, they don't, I mean, through out of hard knocks, they're just talking about his helmet and stuff as well, but they're mostly focused on his feet because they know that that's what's it. And I guarantee you they want him. I guarantee you they want him. And if they wanted to, they could have cut him because I bet you they know that he did it and they know the contract, you know, um, fine, f- uh, smaller print of like, if you hurt yourself on purpose or however, doing something, you know, your contract's void. So I, I guarantee you they want him. And I think mm-hmm. that comes from John Gruden. And I think that it, it translates perfect to Zeke. Because if Zeke hurts himself or like does something stupid again and he gets in this legal trouble, you know, he wants to get paid before it happens. I mean, it's basically like a bet against yourself of like, I'm trying to get paid now before I get locked up. You know, it's it's like, why would you want a player like that? And then that's why I think that, sorry about this tangent, but I think it's really impressive tangent. I think it's really important. So, um, I was watching the videos. Uh, the Cowboys had a video running of draft night in their in, in their draft room, and the smile on Jerry Jones's face when they selected Tony Pollard, and just the way they were talking to him was like, "Tony, we're really excited about you, and we're really excited to have you on the team, and welcome to the." You know, Dallas Cowboys, and I don't know if they do it for every single player, but he talked to the 
Jerry. He talked to the manager, the general manager. He talked to the head coach and he talked to the running back coach and he talked to everybody. Like it was, it was like a, I want everyone to welcome him in and say, this is like, they, they, they didn't say that he was the guy, but like, it's like, they want to invest in somebody that will be good for the franchise. And I mean, I don't know all the hidden behind the scenes strings of the NFL owners that he's had to pull for Zeke to stay in and out of legal troubles. You know, I, it's just like at a certain time, like how do you keep backing a guy that, you know, looks like an Ewok and runs around like he's a drunken idiot, you know? Yeah. So, so let me, let me, let me interject here. Um, that was a lot of, a lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, was, <laughs> monologue there. Yeah. So, so my, my thought on Zeke is that, uh, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of leverage and that's why the Cowboys are being pretty, they're trying to sound, sound fair, you know, and, and they, they publicize that, Hey, we gave him an offer, um, because they hold all of the, they hold all of the power here. And I think we've seen this, you know, I mean, we saw this as recently as last year, you know, Le'Veon Bell said, Hey, I'm a superstar. So I need to be paid this way. And then look at what James Conner did, you know, the, the following, you know, right after that. So, uh, you know, it could be the same type of situation. Uh, I think I was reading, I think it was on Twitter, a statistic. I might be m- mixing up the year on here. So I'm sure our, our fact checkers will, will check this for me. Which we probably have a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know we do. So I, I was reading that uh, since 2000, um, all of the Super Bowl champions, which are mostly uh, the Patriots, um, there have been zero Pro Bowl running backs on the winning team. So, so basically, what they're saying is, is you know, the, the idea behind that statistic is that it's it's not the running backs who are winning them these games in the postseason. Um, you know, it's it's the quarterbacks. It's the it's defenses, a replacement it's, position. It's, yeah, it's you know, it, th- there's just not a whole lot of reason to overpay for the position, and I think a lot of teams are catching on to that, and that's why you're seeing the you know the running back market has has gone way down from what it used to be. I don't think Zeke has a lot of leverage here. Um, I don't personally. I mean, the see only leverage he does the... have, Nick, is uh, I am better with you on the team. You know, yeah. like I'm better with you. Like you guys are better with me on the field, and that's the only leverage he has. Like he's under contract. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. do hold out in your fifth year. Like, don't. <laughs> Don't don't do this kind of garbage. Like yeah. he he the, the only reason he's doing this because Todd Gurley got paid two years before his contract was up. Yeah, like yeah. and then this got into his head, and then is and then that whole tangent I went on, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like all these factors come into it, and like oh the Cowboys offer you this amount of money with, but but the thing is we don't know the particulars of these contracts the Cowboys are offering, you know. Like, mm-hmm. what if they're like, hey, I, I'm not going to get into it of like the particulars of w- the hypotheticals. And that's just a whole road that we don't want to go down. Yeah, I agree. We don't want to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, we're in agreement on Zeke. We think that this this, you know, two years before the contract expires is kind of just a Zeke specific thing. Um, and we think that the Cowboys will be mostly fine without him. Uh, it seems like we kind of agree on that. So so let's talk about some other players then another one that comes to mind is Josh Gordon. He's been reinstated by the league, eligible to play. Crazy. Yeah, it pretty Crazy. pretty 
Yeah, pretty crazy for considering, you know, all, all of the different legal troubles he's been in. Of course, his um, have been victimless, uh, you know, crimes, if you will. So um, I, I guess maybe they're taking that into into account when they reinstated Josh. We're talking about a guy who has as much talent as just about any any receiver in the league. We are talking about some talent that's been a while since being able to show itself. But this is a guy who plays on a very good, intelligent offense and somebody who can contribute. Has uh, an amazing resume. Yeah. Number one wide receiver in the league. Didn't even play all 16 games. Like, yeah. this guy, I love him. Josh Gordon is love. Josh Gordon is life. <laughs> I mean, like, he's like a contested pick every single year. Like, when, when he was number one, Matt had him. And Wayland and I always bounce between them. Uh, Matt always wants him. And I mean, I I love this dude. And I think conspiracy alert here. Um, I okay, think I can't wait for this. I think the NFL is bending the rules a little bit for him because of water uh, of 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 what's it called? Um, uh, the Patriots Gate, the um, the Inflation Gate. Deflate gate? We're talking deflate about gate. That's what it is. Deflate gate. So like five years later. Oh, so so it was like a four years. One of those. The Colts and the Titans like packed on or like they came together, made this case against the Patriots, and then I think they've they really messed up, ruled against Tom Brady, and then Wait, the next Titans? thing you, Did you say the yeah, Titans? the Titans and the Colts both made a case against the. Tom Brady and the Patriots. So, like, what I'm saying is because Roger Goodell goofed on that ruling, they're allowing this Josh Gordon Interesting. to come back. And also, marijuana is becoming legal in the United States. It is, Like, yeah. decriminalization is happening. People are getting out of jail because if we're decriminalizing it, you shouldn't even be here, which is how it should be. We should be legal. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into a political debate. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. <laughs> um, yeah. I anyway, was, I, 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 I have Josh really Gordon. That's a really interesting take and one I hadn't actually heard of. So basically what you're saying is you think you think Josh Gordon's reinstatement is a little bit of a makeup call for yeah. the Patriots being, you know, so harshly penalized for Deflategate. That's interesting. Well, well, that and also there's a whole bunch of other conspiracies that probably Robert Kraft's a part of a like a sex organization <laughs> oh, that, that Roger Goodell's probably in as well. And he probably has some shit on him and was oh, like, Hey, let Josh Gordon in. So or I'll fucking let everyone know what you do in your spare time. You piece of shit. Okay, you're Goodell. saying both, it's, both Goodell and Kraft were at the rub and tug together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is just like, Hey, I'll scratch your nuts. If you scratch my back and you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I think he got reinstated, which is awesome <laughs> because I picked him up like boom. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about marijuana as it <laughs> relates to the league. We're not going to get in the political side of this, but but yeah, I mean, there have been a number of players who have been gotten in trouble because of marijuana. Le'Veon Bell was one yep. um, a while back that they got a couple game suspension for Garrett Blunt. Was. Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously, Josh Gordon is the first one that comes to mind because he's missed so many games due to suspension. Um, but indefinite suspension, yeah, yeah, like he's been indefinite suspended yeah. at least two times, which is so, impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess what I want to say on this is, I don't, 
I don't envision an NFL where marijuana is is not is not on the banned substance list. Um, I think it will always be in the banned substance list. But I think that I think that you're going to see penalties be reduced. Um, and that and I think that's regardless of whether it's legal in the state in which they compete or not. Um, I think the reason, the main reason is, is again, the, the element of THC in marijuana. So I'm um, not trying to get all super scientific on you, but I but mean, I, I just, I think it'll I be mean, tough for them to put that on, to take that off the banned substance list. Yeah, I fully agree. Like I, I mean, you see across the United States, I mean, if, if weed's legal in a state and you smoke it and you work somewhere, that employer <laughs> has full right to drug test you and like, Tell you don't you don't have a job anymore. Like it, it, I mean, same thing with the DUI. If you get a DUI and they're like, we don't want you a part of our our organization, you know. I mean, it, anyone can do that. That yeah. that's that's the employer's right, and that's why you know it will get decriminalized, like you're saying. You know, it will be legal. But what's going to happen is is when they do it and they drug test them, it's not going to be an indefinite suspension. It'll be a lot lean, a lot more lenient like you were saying. So I think going forward, we're going to see a lot of this. I think it's going to be pushed to the limit. Yep. So Josh Gordon's back. We're happy about it. Uh, well, obviously we know what he's, what he's capable of doing. And um, Brian did scoop him up shortly after the news broke. So um, let's talk a little bit about the Texans and their backfield situation. He just went down like a couple plays into the first quarter. He was down. And Lamar Miller, just yeah, Lamar Miller. Sorry, Lamar Miller. He went down, and there were reports saying that the Texans fear ACL. And I was just like, I was like, oh shit, man. I little behind the scenes here. I was trying to trade for Duke Johnson from Taylor like a couple days prior to this. So I'm I'm a fucking wizard, by the way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so I see the the news i immediately go to the waiver wire and i do some research i'm like who's gonna be the backup to duke johnson who's who's one one of these rookies they have like four rookies on their team of like running backs and i'm just who's gonna who has the best profile for a bell cow slash horseback or a workhorse on their team and then i go to the waiver wire i see matt has picked up crockett already and then I and then I looked at Higgin or something like that, and I was like, "All right, I'll pick him up because he was in the game while I was watching it." And then he was looking pretty good too, and they were giving him a bunch of work. So I think that back that backup job is a is up for grabs. Also, yeah, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I picked up a uh, Ajayi. Yep, I was like, maybe they'll sign him, or Who maybe I just Carlos Hyde. Who I just dropped two days ago. I'm going to add that in. Yeah, the Ajayi one is interesting because I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if if they look for outside help. Um, you know, with having not highly touted rookies coming in, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they can somehow pull Ajayi. You know, he's not going to be that expensive, and he's not that far removed from being a really valuable player. Something that I was reading was the Texans are looking to trade Jadavian Clowney. And the yep, they and they're looking for a wide receiver, and they're also Kenny Stills of the Dolphins is looking to be uh, moved. There might be a trade done between uh, Jadavian Clowney and Kenny Stills because of the QT injury. So 
they're looking for someone to back up Will Fuller and um, Hopkins. And so I think once they move Jadavian Clowney, because he was a top, you know, he was number one overall pick, and I think they extended him. And so I think once they move him, then they'll have capital to bring in a, a free agent. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think I would love, 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 love to see Zeke on the Texans or like uh, Melvin Gordon on the Texans. I think that would be amazing. Mel- and, yeah, Melvin Gordon's another one I was thinking about, to be honest. But like, I, I would love to see that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I yeah. think that the most r- possible scenario would be take a, an evaluation of all the running backs on the free agent market because I don't think anyone else is looking for more running backs. So they would get a, a full blown pick. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the evaluation of uh, Ajayi over Carlos Hyde if Carlos Hyde gets cut, and I think he will get cut because of his contract. The way they they worded his contract, I was re- I was reading it. I was reading this article about how he he's probably going to get cut because it saves him a boatload of money. If would Carlos Hyde be fantasy relevant on the Texans? I don't know about that either. Yeah, and then I I I honestly think Duke Johnson could take this role and show what he can do i mean that's the whole reason he wanted out of cleveland because he didn't want to be behind nick chubb and they he wants to show that he can be a, a bell cow that can handle all three downs and the pass catching and i think he can do that but the problem is is can he stay healthy and then that's why i was like i kind of want to grab the backup and <laughs> that's why you now ha- see me with a backup of jj and and hidge and hidge and on my on my bench and Matt grab Crockett and it's a crapshoot, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll say this. I, I think in, if we're talking from a fantasy perspective exclusively, obviously I want Duke Johnson above everybody else. Um, yeah. We've listed because he's, he's really the only sure thing we know of right now. I would say as outside of a Melvin Gordon trade or a free agent acquisition of Jay Ajayi, I probably don't want anything to do with, anybody else that's just my personal opinion because i think there's just so much there's so much other talent there i don't think that they need to lean on anybody else you know aside of aside from those three guys look how lamar miller was utilized they rarely gave him red zone touches Mm -hmm. i think he was one at bottom in the league of red zone touches for starting running back yeah and so like i think bill o'brien loves throwing the ball on the five and it shows like especially how deshaun watson is so able to be so mobile and roll out and toss a td to one of the best why was he in the lead down to Hopkins? Like why, like why wouldn't you do that especially if you have a shitty like offensive line you should have solved the game the other yeah. night it was yeah, they're not good the, the the cowboys killed them in the second team and like everything like they were just sacking him and like their offensive line is terrible yeah so yeah, it's hard I, to get excited about a running back when yeah. your offensive line is so bad. Yeah. But like when you have a prolific offense like the Texans, just for the passing, it's just like you want a piece of that. And, it, and it's like it's such a low risk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's why I'm saying I, I like Duke because, you know, what he's shown that he's capable of doing when receiving the ball. And then beyond that, I, I'm not really interested unless it involves J.H.I.E. or Melvin Gordon. Um, I will say Ajayi, the reason I picked up Ajayi um, and and maybe reason enough for you to keep him, uh, but again, it wasn't a sure enough thing for me, which is why I dropped him. Um, I think the Buccaneers need to do something about their running back. <laughs> um, I I don't think that Barber is, is good enough 
to go in and, and, and win you any games. Um, and neither is Ronald Jones for that matter. So that was the reason I picked up a because he had been cleared and I had been reading a little bit about some of the top free agents out there. And I thought, you know, why wouldn't they give a a chance? Uh, he'll be cheap. Um, and it so far it hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to put myself on the spot right here. I really like Garrier Oganabole. Oh my gosh. And I, think, I have no idea if you said that right. You might have said it perfectly right. It I it sounds made up to me, but it I sounds think, like you made it up. But uh, nope, <laughs> I almost said it right. I think. Okay, but it's Oganabole, Darie Oganabole. Yeah. So I've heard some guy, rumblings about him. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been really diving into him lately. Like I follow all these teams on YouTube and like their whole like their own hard knocks and they all and specifically the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I was diving into because I was like, oh well, maybe Darier might be really good and I uh, maybe he could seize the job over Peyton Barber. And then the problem is is he's such a good route runner. He's 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 an amazing route runner. But Andre Ellington's there and Bruce mm-hmm. and Bruce A- uh, Arians loves Andre Ellington. Yep. For one, Adam, one reason Adam or in another. Arizona, yep. I think Darier could be good. I just don't want to roster him yet because unless something happens to Peyton Barber or like Andre Ellington, because they were out there with the f- first team, like it's just, it's just a name to keep in mind for everybody. I I, I probably shouldn't be sharing my sleeper picks <laughs> with everybody, <laughs> but I, I I really think that. He will be a huge asset sometime this year. I, I I just I really like him, and he's a great pass catcher. I don't know to what extent Andre Ellington has left in the tank, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm only keeping Ajay because of the of the Texans. That's it. I like I, I I understand what you were saying about the whole Tampa Bay, but I'm only I only have Ajay for the Texans. I mean, yeah. it'd be great if he signed anywhere else, but. Until this whole Texans thing pans out, I'll, I'll probably end up dropping him pretty soon. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, um, we I wanted I wanted to make sure we have time to talk about uh, the the biggest news um, that's happened so far since our draft, and and that is of course Andrew Luck's surprise retirement. Um, the news just broke last night, so I can tell you as somebody who lives in Indianapolis, the amount of shock <laughs> that was felt in the community and anybody that's a football fan was, was kind of blown away by this. I am going to say it, it's one of those things that being in Indianapolis, I have this little bit of a unique perspective. I've seen several people jump to his defense. I've seen several people berate him. You know, we saw on the broadcast when he was, when he was walking off the field, there were some boos, which is pretty mind blowing. It's pretty crazy. And it's got severe implications, I guess you could say for, a lot of different players in the fantasy world, but also just the the Colts as a team are going to be much, much different without Andrew Luck under center. Nick, I am in the camp of I support his decision. And I don't, it sounds like you're kind of in the camp of you support his decision as well. I do. A huge factor that these shitty fans, by the way, are booing him. Hey, you're not going to upset me. <laughs> like, I just blows my mind this this is a person this is a person that has dedicated his life to f- the craft of football spent his entire life training to become andrew luck this isn't an easy thing all these people that are booing are short are so short-sighted and all they see is game day 
like they don't see his Monday through Friday, you know, like it's just working out, rehabbing. And I don't know if you saw his his press conference video. Did you see his press conference video? It, it, I mean, he, tears. Dude was crying. Yeah, tears. dude is literally crying on the on the on the podium while he's taking questions, trying to explain why he wants to. He has to. He has to do this. Yeah, has to. He's it, to him. This isn't even a choice. Like uh, on ESPN, they did an- another interview with them about a year ago, saying he was contemplating retiring. Then, yep. All this makes sense. And as soon as I saw that, oh my God, Waylon. I was playing league with him and I was like, oh my God, Waylon, Andrew Luck is retiring from the NFL and he thought I was joking. I, I thought it was a joke. I 100% did. <laughs> I do want to say this because, you know, some people think that because they're season ticket holders or they purchase tickets or they buy jerseys or whatever, they think that they have this sort of say, I guess, in a player's career, which is to me just completely absurd. Yes, obviously you you bought your tickets uh, with the idea that you were going to see a healthy Andrew Luck playing, but but you know everybody should know. It's like entitlement and like privilege. Yeah, it's the type of thing is is that that nothing in in the NFL or life in general is is guaranteed, and so the fact that that you would say that or that anybody would say that that Andrew Luck retiring is is a burden to them is just kind of I I don't feel like I can take you seriously when when you say things yeah, like, like that. you're just a, a piece of shit like just flat out like the fact that you can't take his feelings into consideration what kind of fan are you yeah like that's more of what it is and I can tell you this my least fun times competing or training in track and field were the times when I was hurt and trying to come back from injury it is completely soul sucking, and I can only imagine what it would be like when that's your 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 career. You know, yeah. if that when that's everything that you are doing and everything that you're working towards, and you're never feeling right, or you're never getting to the point where you think you should be, or people are telling you you should be. That is just devastating, you know. And I, so, what I'm trying to say is, I don't blame the guy one bit. Um, I'm a Titans fan and obviously they're rivals of the Colts in the same division. So Andrew Luck's leaving makes it easier for me to hate the Colts, uh, again, because I, I really did enjoy watching Andrew Luck play. Um, and I think he's a great person. I feel a lot of respect towards Andrew Luck and what he did. Um, and I, I can't believe that his own fans would treat him that way. He came into the NFL 2011, 2012, I want to say 2011 was the year that they only won two. Stratford High School, he threw for 7,139 yards and 53 touchdowns in his high school career. This dude has been doing this for so long, and his dad's the current commissioner of the XFL. He's a part of a football family. Like, this is not an easy decision for him. And this is a guy who grew up in high school and college, and then, I mean, you saw it in his NFL draft profile. This was a guy that they said, this is the best prospect we might have ever seen. You know, this is a guy Manning said that. He's had to live up to all sorts of different things and in his career. And yeah, I mean, following <laughs> yeah, just even just being drafted by the team that had Peyton Manning, you know, that's he he's had off the charts level of expectations for him. And uh, again, it's just it's got to be completely soul sucking to be constantly injured and playing hurt and doing all that stuff. I, I don't blame him. Um, I wish the best for him. Uh, I, f- I feel for him. And his teammates, there, there is nothing to misunderstand here. I'm not sorry if I insulted you. 
like <laughs> like not like not you nick but the people yeah, right i got you like i'm not sorry if you have this attitude against him because yeah. you shouldn't and you should be ashamed let's talk a little bit about the fantasy implications as you had mentioned you you picked up J- jacoby Brissett because there haven't been any regular season games everybody's been fair game um and so you ended up picking up Brissett, uh, and you actually ended up picking up a few other players who you'd mentioned josh gordon being one of them too um, basically because you had noticed sooner than anybody else. All right. Um, and so we were going to kind of, I guess, just talk about the some of the thoughts on on that kind of system. Um, Evan, our league mate, brought up that he, he thinks that maybe during the offseason or years where we draft early, like this year, that maybe we should have a daily waiver system, which I can fully understand. But I, I figure, I, I feel like we might have some dissenting agreements on this. <laughs> or, or, or views, I should say, on this. I fully agree. Like, really? I fully agree that I think that we should have something along those lines of that. I, I know this might come as a shock to you. I am surprised, yes. But, like, if we draft this early, it, there needs to be a period where you can process this information. It just sucks that Ethan's team just got that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's just piling it on for him. Dire straits, and that's why he made this trade with me. It was Brissett and Royce Freeman for Melvin Gordon, and it's basically like I'm just making a bet that Melvin Gordon plays better and comes back over Jacoby Brissett, and I talked to him about this. I was like, hey, you know, this trade's kind of nice. Uh, what do you think about it? And he's like, hey, man, I think I, I got to do that trade. I'm in dire straits, and I... I it, it makes sense for both teams. I have a bunch of running backs and I can afford the loss if Gordon doesn't play. And I just picked up or set off the waiver wire like we were talking before. It's like, yeah, essentially it becomes, I mean, Royce Freeman, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's some talk about him getting some more carries this year. I will say terrible I, in preseason, by the way. Yeah. Like, that's why I, I've, I've been trying to offload him and I, I just he looked terrible in preseason. Yeah, he was a guy who obviously had a lot of hype going into last fantasy football season, um, and I actually owned him in the second half of, of High last pedigree. season. I think he was like round two, three, and they were like yeah. full-blown going to commit to him running the ball, and then, hi, my name is Philip Lindsay. I'm a, <laughs> lo- I'm a local boy that grew up here, and I love the Broncos, and I'm I'm under 200 pounds, and I'm, I'm making him sound like a parakeet. But, <laughs> yeah, And I want to run the ball, and I'm going to do it great. Yeah, so I, I don't know how much value Royce Freeman has. I mean, the thing is, is that he's on a team right now. Uh, Melvin Gordon is technically on a team, but he hasn't shown up to that team. Um, Brissett, same thing, where he's kind of the heir apparent now to uh, what Indianapolis has built, which is pretty impressive, by the way, um, you know, because considering last time that Brissett was the full-time starter for the Colts, they were considerably worse than they are now. So, I mean, Brissett might not be so bad. I mean, wh- I, I don't know. Let me find this tweet that I saw. Jacoby Brissett has a unique opportunity in front of him. Starting job is his. Top five offensive line. Deep receiving group. Up and coming running back Marlon Mack. Head coach Frank Reich, who has helped back up Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. Most importantly for him, entering a contract year. Jacoby Brissett has the opportunity of a lifetime in front of him. And he's had, what, two years behind luck to study the game and learn? And he was in New England. Like, we forget about this. Like, the dude was in New England starting. And he was good. Like, this is, I think there's insane upside for him. Because in our league, he'd be an 18th round keeper. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's it's not a bad, he's not bad from a f- 
from a keeper perspective at all. Um, if things end up <laughs> end up turning out well, I, I was struggling. I and I don't know if you saw the 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 the, the messages about like. I didn't see a trade. I because I fucking canceled him. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, if, if if he's gonna be good, it's hard to like envision myself trading him away when you know I have Patrick Mahomes on the last year of his keeper deal, and it's just like this could potentially be amazing. And yeah. it's like Jacoby Brissett or Melvin Gordon. I'll I'll say this. I think I think this has. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of fantasy uh, fallout from this because of how prolific Andrew Luck is when he's on the field. You were saying that I'll come back to what I was saying. Just you were saying that you actually agree and that we should have a waiver system in place. I think preseason preseason, we should have a waiver in place because it's unfair for people because they're not fully invested yet into the season. And I think. I'm I'm for it because of Ethan. Like if 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 it was anyone but Ethan, I think it would have been fine. I love being able to pick these players up before anybody else. I it, <laughs> it, it it gives me a rush. I love it. I you know my hand my phone's always in my hand. I I I don't look at it. I I I don't just look wait for these notifications all day like people make me out to do. Like. <laughs> I I don't have ESPN open at all times of the day. I mean, as soon as I get this notification, I read it, I try to process it the best I can, and I grab them. I agree with you, and I agree with Evan, um, basically, in that I like I like the idea of having a waiver system. And honestly, the reason we didn't have one uh, preseason was just because I, I didn't think of it. I didn't think to bring it up during the draft. I didn't really ever think about it. Um, because again, we haven't drafted this early in I don't know how long. It's been, like I said, a, at, at least six years. So it's something that didn't really occur to me. Um, the last several years, we've been drafting just a few days before the regular season opener. So yeah, this was. I think this was a little bit of an interesting situation that not really everybody was ready for. Obviously, uh, the the retirement announcement was a shock to begin with. But I think that this one change in 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 luck to Brissett makes the Colts. A division favorite now all of a sudden potentially finishing at the bottom of the division that's how that's how i feel about andrew luck and his talent um and it's not i guess so much that jacoby Brissett is a huge step down as i feel like the division was already going to be a challenge to begin with i guess that's sort of the real world effect of of this andrew luck retirement announcement do you think am i crazy for that I think you're not crazy, but I really think that now this is not taking anything away from Andrew Luck. I think he's an amazing talent. I think Jacoby Brissett has sat behind him enough and been in the Bill, Bill Belichick uh, team enough to where he's coachable. Like that's the reason why he they liked him so much is he's a coachable guy. And I think Frank Reich has done a fantastic job turning that team around. I I'm in the ball. I'm I'm the opposite of you. I think he's he's better or the same amount of talent as Nick Foles. I think he's a better quarterback from this point on than Mariota. Like I think I think you're blowing a little bit out of proportion with them being the bottom of the team. I don't think the Titans are going to be that good. You can't see right now, but somebody's having to hold me back. <laughs> Calling but out Mariota like that. I, the hell's wrong with you? Dude, next thing you're gonna do. The last time I was on you about Mario, you were whipping out college stats. So I don't want to get into that. But 
Not college uh, stats. No, you were like saying that he's like the best prolific college passer with a top QBR rating. And blah, blah, blah. let me. All right, let me let me give you just a, a snapshot, <laughs> if you will. Okay, <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's career completion percentage is fifty nine point. I don't care about his career, Nick. I all I care about is this year and going forward. I think he's going to take everything he's learned so far, and he's going to put it together, especially with the coach. You're talking about, I mean, when you have small sample sizes like Jacoby Brissett does, even if we take out his one year, who was, who, I mean, that was Chuck Pagano, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was Pagano. No, when Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback because Andrew Luck was out. That was was 2017. Jacoby Brissett started in 2017. Like I'm saying, if you take out that year, you're talking about a guy when he was with the Patriots who completed 61% of his passes. And then last year as a backup completed 50% of his passes. Uh, the, he's not shown that he's really capable of being the guy who's going to carry a team is what I'm trying to say. And I, 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 I hear what you're saying with all these stats, but I'm, I'm just saying that I think that with Frank Reich as the new, um, coach, he's turned that team around with Andrew Luck and all of his experience up to this point is critical and all of his stats are critical and i think it's all about the learning process like we're talking about the most the hardest learning curve position in professional sports like you have to control 10 other men and tell them what to do and not only that but you have to understand defenses you have to read the defense you have to know the plays and all of this. And it's an insane learning curve. And for some guys, it takes longer than others. Just because you brought up you brought up my guy here, you brought up Mariota, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna slap you with some facts here. All right. Okay, so, slap me with the facts. So so people, the facts. people talk about how Mariota is too conservative, and that's one of the things that you know he's got to improve on, which I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I think he needs to take more shots down the field. He's actually he's actually a really great deep ball thrower. If you look at his statistics and his completions, uh, he's had guys drop passes. I mean, Taewon Taylor drops freaking everything that gets thrown at him. Um, but That's you true. take a look, just take a look at yards per attempt, for instance. Okay. Jacoby Brissett's career yards per attempt is 6.6, um, which is also in line with his one year as a starter. Uh, he was 6.6 yards per attempt. Mariota has never been lower than seven. And you're talking about a guy who's been dinged because he's ultra conservative. Jacoby Brissett is more ultra conservative than the most ultra conservative guy that we like to bring up. Um, I just don't see it. I, I, I think he's, I think I don't in think that you can division, take the, the, the past though, Nick, I don't think you can take the past with Jacoby Brissett. I think, I think you have going, to No, I think going forward, like they're going to have a plan for him. They knew this was going to happen. Like I, they, they've been planning for this. They held him out of the game. Like, I think they have a plan or they would have signed a, a guy by now. Like I, 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 I seriously think they've been grooming him to take over the job for two years now because of Andrew Luck's issues. And I think they've been preparing for this. And I really, I really, really think Jacoby Brissett. Now I'm not calling him MVP. You know? <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think saying, you are. I think he'll be better than what you are trying to say. And I think if, if, if today, if I were to do AFC rank South rankings, I would say bottom to top. I would say Titans, Colts, Jags, Texans top. The Jags defense is amazing. I think it's better than the Texans, but man, the Texans have Deshaun Watson. And I think potentially the Jags could be 
the top of that division as well. I mean, it could be there's there's just so much we don't know yet until the games are starting to play out that it's really hard to rank these teams with this already. Yeah. I well, and again, I mean, obviously I I as as we know, I'm a Titans fan, so I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Titans. Um I don't think that they've gotten any worse since last year. And you're talking about a team that was uh, in the mix for a wild card and ended up losing out. But yeah, I, I think that, I mean, they had the number two scoring defense last year. And again, they haven't really lost anything. So I don't know. I think this division is the toughest division in football, just my opinion. And it would have been more so with Andrew Luck versus Jacoby Brissett. I guess that's all I'm saying. I think I think the top of the division to the bottom uh, is very tight and going from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett is just enough to drop them. I guess that's what I was trying to say. But any final thoughts? We're we're kind of out of time now. Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you, guys. Bye. It's always the same two guys, man. It's always the same two guys. The Nickel and Brian Package Podcast.